this is, I think, uh, maybe the f one of the finest cold opens that Buffy has has brought us. But first, I'd like your synopsis. This is episode eight, season one, episode eight, I, Robot, You, Jane, in which the dangers of internet dating in the 90s become an ancient demon and his gang of devoted followers. <laughs> that is pretty much what happens, yeah. So we start in Italy. We open. We open. We coldly in open. 1418. <laughs> um... In Italy, and I was really excited. So you know the way I started rewatching Buffy during like deep lockdown, or at least what counts mm. for deep lockdown in the mid twenty twenties. Maybe there's deeper lockdowns to come. Um, <laughs> but uh, and I and I was to pass it to pass the time. I had downloaded the Michelle Thomas Italian, uh, which I'd been mm. learning. Uh, which is you know if you speak some Spanish and Portuguese, you can you can you can kind of figure out the Italian with a bit of help. Um, and I was really excited that I understood everything everyone said. Uh, so I, I know enough to tell you that Moloch's Italian is efficient, but not convincing. He speaks very clearly, but not with any kind of Italian panache in any way. <laughs> and it's, but then it's 15th century Italian. So we've got to bear that in mind. No, no, because the monks speak with panache. The monks have panache. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> They've got il panache. I don't know. <laughs> and Moloch um, asks the sweet boy, Carlo. With the best he hair. Him. He's got the smoothest, <laughs> silkiest hair, doesn't he? He really does. It's like the Lego man hair that like clips onto your head. <laughs> and you can tell he's a nice boy because he obviously takes good care of his hair. Mm -hmm. And... Um, he acts, so Moloch is like, do you love me? And then kills him. Mm -hmm. And then, so I, I don't know. It seems like there are everybody's monks in 1418 mm -hmm. Italy, but there are like different groups of monks, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or maybe these are like monks from the original group of monks, but they got like seduced away by Moloch. Maybe that's what it is. Oh, okay, okay. There's something going on. It's, it's set in, but it's in 1418 Italy, but amongst monks. <laughs> amongst monks. <laughs> and they're the kind of monks that wear, like, sacks. Yeah, yeah, burlap monks. And and the other monks, but when when we go to the other monks, the monks that are, like, binding Moloch, um, there's, like, one, like, daddy monk but then the rest of the monks are all members of Sun O because they've got their, <laughs> they've got their, they've got, sorry, I know it should just be Sun, but you know, um, yeah. they, uh, they've got their like hoods up, uh, so that like you can't see any of their faces, just shadow and they're just standing there motionless. <laughs> and it's like, they're just, they're just about to like, you know, take like a really like long strum of a hugely, <laughs> hugely extended reverbed, uh, electric guitar, um, <laughs> It yeah. definitely has those kind of vibes. <laughs> um, so, so you've got the monks with the, the sun monks, and um, but the daddy monk, he is like, do you see how satisfied with himself he is about the spell? Oh, he's so fucking smart. He's, he's so, so satisfied. Like when Moloch goes into the into the book, he makes this face like, yeah, yeah, he's in, <laughs> he's in the fucking book now. <laughs> I fucking did that. <laughs> 
Um, so, so yeah. But, I mean, it does, to be fair, his spell does work quite well, because that's 1418 in Italy. Mm-hmm. And the next time we see the book, so presumably Moloch is, we have stayed in that book for quite a long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the next time we see the book, it's the 90s in America. And this scene, I mean, the whole podcast should, should just be us picking apart this small scene before the credits of Buffy, because there's just so much in it. really um sets us up for the interview uh, for the interview for the episode beautifully uh, like there's so much happens in so this scene. The, the first thing that i've got is just jenny and then like 15 exclamation points because this is the first time we see miss calendar and she is so She's sexy so, she is beautiful um and just like really inappropriately flirty with absolutely everyone in this episode, uh, students mm. included. <laughs> yeah, I mean particularly Giles, but, but yeah, uh, students yeah. included. Um, and uh, they're having this like argument. Giles is being so hostile, and um, I forget what she says. Like, oh no, he says like, oh the idiot box. And she goes, the idiot box is the TV. This is the good box. And then he says, the d- the daddest comeback ever. He goes, I still prefer a good book. <laughs> <laughs> and they basically, they have um, Giles and uh, Jenny Callender have a lot of really sexy conflict yes. over. Um, and they, they really like hash out this argument repeatedly throughout the episode <laughs> so that like by the end of it we're like okay we get it miss calendar likes computers and giles prefers a good yeah. book <laughs> like, and um but they they really want to drive this home that that's this point of conflict i feel them. like it's very unprofessional of giles to be honest like i feel like he's being very unprofessional in his role um Especially, like, in front of the students, having this, like, you know, really visible hostility towards Jenny. Um, It's Mm. not very collegial, Giles, do you know? Just saying. No. Uh, And also, you know, Jenny, Jenny's a lot younger, you know, than than Giles, too. You know, there's a there's a definite dynamic there between, you know, the older, older staff member and the younger woman or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Jenny is probably younger than Xander. yeah, that's true. <laughs> Definitely younger than Angel. I just had this awful moment, Osh, where I wondered, like, what's happening to Giles now? Because this was, like, the 90s. Yeah. So Giles, do we reckon he's still working? He might not have retired yet. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, what, Giles? He'd be, like, in his 60s, I guess. I think he's probably still working. Yeah. He's a school librarian. There's not that many librarian like, jobs. But no, but that school doesn't exist yeah. anymore, you know. Um, mm. I think... But I think if he is still working, then he's going to really have been forced to engage with technology by this point. Yeah, yeah. All that, like... He's going to, in quite a big way as a librarian, he's going to have to really be, like, cataloguing and digitising and going on courses. Demonstrating and, like, impact. Learning about da- databasing. yeah. yeah. That's tough. Yeah, no, I think that would be quite tough for him. Um, but he would cling on to his job because he'd be from a time when you had permanent contracts. So he probably would be able to actually... Mm, I yeah. hope so. Um, but Jenny, Jenny, one of the one of the greats. and uh, Yeah, she's wonderful. Yeah, 
we'll, we'll talk more about her, but you know, I just got very excited to see her for the first time. That's TV. The idiot box is TV. This is the good box. I still prefer a good book. So then we mm. get to the sentence. Um, so <laughs> are we going to say it at the same time? So out of absolutely nowhere, out of just, out of nothing, this very intense boy called Fritz um, stands up. So so Mrs. Mrs. Callender and Giles are having this argument about whether computers are good or ba- bad. And Fritz thinks that they're good. <laughs> <laughs> and he stands up with like absolute fury. <laughs> And he tells Giles. What does he tell Giles, okay, Ash? Um, I don't think we should say it at the same time because we're a bit out of tune, but I'll <laughs> say it for you. It says, the printed word is, no, the printed page is obsolete. Information isn't bound up anymore. It's an entity. The only reality is virtual. If you're not checked in, you're not alive. You're not alive. So let's just break this, like, let's do, like, <laughs> I think we need, like, a discourse analysis of this sentence. Like, you know, um... So the printed page is obsolete. Information isn't bound up anymore. Okay, and we come back to that a little bit because Jenny says something like, oh, you just want your information in a couple of books that only a couple of white guys can read. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's the democratizing of information. So far, Fritz, that's, that's fine. I mean, you're delivering it in a really intense way. But, you know, I mean, I get... <laughs> you're, you're feeling a lot, a lot more emotion than I would expect you to be feeling about this. But, it, you know, yeah. it makes sense, your argument. Then, the only reality is virtual. The only reality. The only... So, I feel like, at this point, he's predicting the COVID-19 pandemic. Exactly. But Giles actually says something a bit <laughs> later, because he says, like, oh, your world where... Um, where human interaction is obsolete, where people are completely manipulated by technology. And I was like, yes, that is our world. Um, But the only reality is virtual. And the last thing, if you're not jacked in, you're not alive. If you're not jacked in, you're not alive. So um, we should maybe quickly just elucidate this 90s terminology what does jacked in mean? i guess jacked in means like jacked into the mainframe what's the mainframe mean that's what i thought <laughs> like <laughs> if you're not like <laughs> if you're not online yeah or but i don't even know if the computers meant the internet at that point necessarily like they kind of did mm. but they also you know internet was like a scarce resource uh to some people like you Mm. paid for you know the amount of time you spent on it and stuff um Mm -hmm. but but yeah if you're not jacked in you're not alive i mean it's just calm down fritz but it's i think it's one of the finest (laughs) sentences in all of buffy and it really sets up yeah like really the computers are the villain in this one but um then there's this really strange interaction between jenny and giles where she's trying to talk about like how computers are like the, the new thing and, and they're here to stay. And she says more emails were sent than regular mail last year. And I'm like, okay, uh, fine. Uh, I can imagine that being true. Um, I can imagine that being interestingly true at some point. But then she says more digitized information went across phone lines than conversation. Mm. let's unpack that what does that how can you quantify that like they're how is she how is she measuring conversation how is she 
you want to maybe see her methodology. How is she? Is she here? recording them? And if she's recording them, is she measuring it in terms of like words, or is she measuring it in terms of like file size? And is the conversation being recorded in like MP3 or like WAV? Like, how can you compare? phone conversations and like weigh them against digital information anyway anyway sorry it sounds like the sort of thing that you might put into a bid for funding for your internet yes. startup yes yes exactly it's all buzzwords but if i was if i was a funder i would then be like could you show me some methodology to explain what you yeah, mean here yeah so i just i just loved how buzzword it was and in the last sort of um internet-y thing in the cold open is that the software that um, Willow is using, did you know what the software is called? Scan? No. It is called scan-o-matic. <laughs> uh, not, not just the scanomatic, it's the scanomatic. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if that was like the Mac software in 1997 or not, but... Um, I, I, a quick Google didn't turn up any software called Scanomatic. Uh, just really enjoyed that. <laughs> it's lovely though. So she scans the demon book into the computer uh-huh. and then it begins to speak to her on the screen. It says, where am I? But does that speak to her at... Well, no, it types to her. Initially. So is, is that when they start their conversation? Because I thought that Willow just didn't see that. And then, I don't know, but she... Really? That's what I assumed. So you, I thought ah, that she so saw you think it. that's where she started. So yeah, Willow I feel like Willow would know more about computers to be like, that's not how you meet someone on the internet. <laughs> like <laughs> like a, a hacker a okay. hacker takes over your computer and puts and puts the letters in the middle of the screen, blacking everything else out. <laughs> now that you mention it, actually, yeah, maybe she just scans him in at this point and then he gets into the internet and starts talking to her on however people talk to each other online in the 90s because yeah (laughs) even in the 90s i feel like if if you get an initial message without having joined any kind of chat your entire screen just goes black (laughs) and then and then then some letters just turn up in white and in the middle of the screen it just says (laughs) asl and you respond 13m sunny goal some point at Glasgow Uni they replaced all the computers with new ones and then um it's like Windows 15 or whatever <laughs> and when you logged in it would just like the screen would just it would take a really long time and then the screen would be all blue and then it would just come up with like white letters exactly like what happens in this scene with the demon letters and it would just say hello it's nice to see you again <laughs> no I don't remember that <laughs> And it just kept on like saying little messages like "Welcome back, Sadie." That's really creepy. <laughs> and it's exactly. No, like I don't think I don't think I really used them um, unless I was like just printing something. But notably, I um never typed back and started dating one of these computers. Your life could have been so Which different. <laughs> Which is what happens to Willow, possibly, or possibly she meets him in a <laughs> in teen chat. Like a normal person. Thank you, Fritz, for making us all sound like crazy people. Willow is uh, floating on a cloud the next day, or, or the next few days or whatever. 
in the corridor. Do you want to? Do you want me to tell you about the poster I spotted in the corridor this time? Is it the smoking sucks poster? <laughs> so it's a poster of like a really sexy photo of like a black and white photo of like a sexy Italian looking movie star smoking a cigarette, and then it just says "smoking sucks" in big letters. Yeah. No. So that that poster was in the previous episode because when when Buffy's practicing with the crossbow. Mm. She shoots that poster. Mm. Um, okay. But I hadn't actually thought, I hadn't actually, I just thought, oh, that's really 90s that it says smoking sucks, but I hadn't thought, actually, there's nothing about the image here that tells no, me smoking sucks. No, no. Actually, it's like smoking makes you look damn cool. Yeah, exactly. So this kind of <laughs> happened recently. Did they not bring out um, an ad for, they showed in the cinema for like Nicorette, it was like vaporizers or something, like an, a stop smoking thing. But they had taken loads of really iconic scenes of, like, black and white movies of really sexy, like, movie stars smoking. And then they had changed all of um, the cigarettes into these little vape things. But, like, all it did was both show you that smoking looks incredibly cool and that um, these little Nicorette vaporizers don't. (laughs) It just really highlighted that fact. I'm not saying people should smoke. I'm just saying it does look cool. Uh, so did you notice what was in Willow's locker? No, what's in Willow's locker? So like, like pretty much like the only thing in Willow's locker is a fra- it's a framed photograph of Willow and Giles. <laughs> like the two of them, and they're both like staring at the camera, and it's like it's maybe it's maybe taken in the library. <laughs> And like the only thing, yeah, she's got a couple of little, like little kind of maybe like gig flyers and stuff. But like the main thing is like a proper framed photograph, like a big frame (laughs) of Willow and Giles. And it's like the only photograph in her, in her locker. Of her and the school librarian. (laughs) Yes, her and the school librarian, which might be very hard to explain to everybody else who doesn't understand that they're all bound together through a... You know, a commitment to fighting evil in the world. But also, like, um, at this point, they've only been bound together by a commitment to fighting evil for, like, five episodes. <laughs> and, like, when did she get that photo taken? He only did just Giles give it, it as girl. a present? Yeah, like, he's still Mr. Giles. <laughs> you know, like, I don't even know if she calls him Giles yet. Um, But, yeah, it was this it was a really, really, really weird set design choice and I absolutely loved it because if any of them was going to have a picture of, of them and Giles it would be Willow <laughs> but I was wondering if it's maybe like a photo that was taken for like publicity for the show uh, and they just printed it out and put it in a frame oh it could be do you know like I'm already very strongly considering um, finding a copy of that photo and photoshopping my face on top of Willow's and putting it in my bedroom. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see if we can find that photo because if it was a, if it was a publicity shot, it's probably out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it kind of looks like it. Like it looks like whoever took the photo of them, there was like a flash and everything. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, so not a um, casual snap taken in the school library. And like Buffy doesn't think it's weird because she sees her locker and she's just like, yeah, there's a photo of Willow and Giles together. Um. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, they have the conversation about uh, internet boyfriend. Willow has spent all night talking to the demon, who's calling himself Mm -hmm. Malcolm. 
and she Malcolm fancies him. Malcolm Black, and she fancies him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Buffy's wearing another really strange outfit. She's got a white vest with like a tiny pink cartoon cat on it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I saw that one. Um, very small, right in the center, right in between the boobs, really. Mm, yeah. She wears a lot of, like, t-shirts with that particular kind of style. It's quite, just Mm -hmm. quite 90s, I guess. Oh, what's he look like? I don't know. And then the computer demon sees Buffy through the webcam and traces her using the school record system. So the school record Mm system is very interesting. Um, It's... Yes, (laughs) yes. It's set up with this mock paper effect, like a notebook. Um, Mm -hmm. And all it has is, like, this big photo of Buffy, and then it's got her grade point average, which is 2.8, her absences. Although I think it changes. Ah, It it all changes between the two, like, her... So, because her absences, yeah, and then her date of birth changes. Yeah, yeah. So, what's going on? So, so So, we see it once, and then we cut away and we see it again. So, we see, like the demon yeah. accessing her records and then we see it coming up on another computer and between on fritz's computer. computer and between the two computers all the information on the screen changes i clock this as well yeah like i think she's down as like a sophomore in one of them and then she's down as like a senior in another one and she's she's i think she's supposed to be uh i don't even know what she's supposed to be is she supposed to be a freshman i I don't even know what they call things over there. And then, yeah, she's a year older in one of them. Um, what struck me was one absence. Yeah, Buffy one Summers. Absence, yeah. I don't. I don't buy that she's but only had one absence. She's been at the I mean, school because she's, she's not been at the school very long. I still think that she. she I mean, remember when she flipped over the gate True. when Principal Flutie was. Maybe that was recorded as an absence. Yeah, I don't know, but so I, I think that, um, I think that. Uh, yeah, I wasn't buying. It was like absence one and athletic zero. And I'm like, I'm sure if she's going to do good at anything in school, it would be the athletics. Mm. But I mean, I guess maybe athletics is like, you know, what team she's okay. on. Okay, she doesn't uh, do like athletic things. That makes sense. Yeah, like she didn't make cheerleading the cheerleading squad, team. Yeah. Remember, she she was like first alternative mm. or whatever. Um, but yeah, one absence. And I was like, you know what? Fair play if you're able to keep it all together yeah. at this point, Absolutely. Buffy. Um, um. But, but why do you think the information changes from one scene to the next? Is the demon... Because uh, just we do see... <laughs> is the demon trying to make her look worse by giving her more absences? We do see throughout this episode <laughs> that the demon is messing with things in the school using the computer. Ah, so you don't think it's a lack of continuity? Of do you think that the demon is, is editing? But, but the demon edits stuff throughout the episode. So later on, we see that... Um, has the demon replaced someone's paper with a paper about how they've written an essay and the demon's replaced it with an essay about how Hitler was really good? Yeah, and by the way, I'm like really like the demon is in the internet, but he's obsessed with yes. Speedale. <laughs> although, although, I mean, there is that like um, there is that radio broadcast a bit later where it talks about something happening in the Vatican okay. and blah blah yeah. blah. Yeah. But it, it really does feel like he's unduly obsessed with Sunnydale, despite living everywhere. Um, we haven't talked about Miss Calendar having a hangover. When does that happen? Well, she just she comes into class wearing like sunglasses oh, and carrying yeah. a coffee. And she just looks like she's hanging. Mm. Uh, 
but you know, covering up for it by being Miss sassy. Miss Calendar definitely parties pretty hard. And um, she's flirting with Fritz again. Mm-hmm. Uh, where she's like, oh, you're clocking in a lot of yeah. time, Fritz. And he's like, oh, I'm working a new project. And she's like, oh, will I be excited? <laughs> uh, I, feel, I don't again, know, it didn't just... feel super creepy. Like, it felt like, you know, I remember us having teachers in school who were like, had that kind of lightly flirty thing with everyone, but managed to pull it off in a way that wasn't creepy, you know? I guess it's just because she's so like she just kind of has this one note the whole time with everyone yeah. so it just seems yeah I'm not I'm not being like oh that's problematic uh, um but it is just funny that like she's just she just has she just she interacts with everybody exactly the same little, the sort of like can be weird without being problematic I think <laughs> yeah, yeah um and uh yeah, uh, so he tells, he t- Moloch tells Fritz to, to watch Buffy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Buffy, who was either born in 1979 or 1980, which is just a weird thought, you know, when we're used to seeing her as a 16-year-old and she's quite a bit older than us. I think she was, I think the 1981 is the, is the real one. Okay. Because um, that would have made her... That would have made her like 16 when it was being filmed so or whatever. So the demon is trying to make her look older. Yeah, I mean, we rebound all the time. You know, people meet on the net, they talk, they get together, have dinner, a show, horrible axe murder. So I, I actually don't have much until uh, the next thing I've written is I'm jacked in. Uh, so I don't know if you've got anything before. Oh, that. yeah. Fritz on his computer just saying, I'm jacked in, I'm jacked in, I'm jacked in. And, and car carving an M into his yeah into his arm yeah which is really creepy and also just um god I mean the 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 demon internet in this episode is just hilarious and I used to think this was one of the worst episodes of Buffy but it's actually come straight back around Mm. and and the camp value it has now makes it one of my favorite episodes (laughs) now that we've like moved away a little bit from from the 90s yeah like it's it's kind of adorable. Mm-hmm. Like you know, um, how how foreign this whole thing was at the time. <laughs> I I really enjoyed um when, so Xander saying to Buffy like, look, this Malcolm guy that Willow fancies could be anyone because he's on the internet. We don't know who he is. Um, and then he says, you know, I I could go on the internet and I could pretend to be a high school student. And it's supposed to be funny because he is a high school student, but also, like, he's not. <laughs> he's definitely a man in his 40s. So I feel like he gives a little bit more away than he means to at that point. Um, yeah, so the, the dangers of internet dating. Because, you know, it might be hard for our our younger listeners to remember, but there was a time when internet dating was not normalised and it was very much seen as something that only people that were too ugly to love or weird to love mm. uh, uh, undertook. And there was always this sense of like, that it's going to be an axe murderer. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, it's very strong in this episode and it's very 90s. Mm. It's very mm. first, it's very first mm. wave. Um, and then I suppose it just all becomes so much easier now that we have video chat because if you want to find out if someone is like the age that they say they are or, you know, the looks like who they say they are, then you just uh, video chat them. Whereas... Yeah, just ask them to buy that day's newspaper. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in these days, you know, Willow, all Willow has to go on is text and... Uh, 
Yeah, he doesn't even send her photos, does he? No, nothing, no. Because if he did, so, she'd see that he was a demon. Yeah, and she's she's pretty open-minded. It's not just about looks, Buffy. Do you know it's about uh-huh. more than that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Buffy calling an email an e-letter. That's also quite yeah. nice. Yeah, is that what they called them in those days? I don't think so. I just... Is this Buffy not knowing much about computers? I think that was Buffy not knowing much about computers, but, you know... It still, it still hits a really strange note, her calling it an e-letter, e but, mm. you know, I love it. Fritz is told to kill Buffy, and his response is, party. That's right. Uh, yeah, he's he's a creepy boy, Fritz. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next thing is, yeah, Giles and Jenny arguing <laughs> again in the, in the library, and they're arguing with such energy that it feels like they're literally about to burst into song. <laughs> like it, it feels like they're in I don't know what the musical would be but it's like you know like a, like an odd couple man and woman and they, they're like singing about how they're so different from each other but you know then they fall in love um, yeah yeah definitely and I mean yeah the whole thing between the two of them is articulated in such clarity that it feels yeah. like a musical <laughs> exactly yeah it doesn't they really... really both articulate their, their points of view about technology in a very uh, very clear yeah. way. Um, uh, Giles says, oh, there's like more good in these books than in, in one of your fabulous web pages. It's all very cute. Uh, and then we've got um, the suicide note. Yes. In the in so it goes from this like Microsoft Sam voice to like a really distressed Microsoft Sam voice, where it's like I'm it's sorry, really mom. Strange, isn't yeah, it? it's really really bizarre. So, so yeah, at some point the demon the demon has really just been communicating <clears> through text, <throat> and then it begins communicating through text to speech software. <laughs> um, and actually. <laughs> Just before watching this yesterday, I'd been I've started using text to speech to proofread, so uh-huh. um I've been writing this paper about um Glaswegian teenage language and uh, then getting this text to speech man's voice to read it out and it's just glorious like having him being like I was pure like no I'm not well but I I can't really do it in my voice I need to do it in his voice. <laughs> I was pure like, no, I'm no having a wane. <laughs> can you can you turn on the upset filter so that he sounds upset like like on so, Buffy? So 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 no, it doesn't have an officially an upset filter, but at one point <laughs> Um, I wanted to speed things up a bit because it was taking too long. So I increased the speed a little bit and then I had to put the speed back down because he sounded so distressed when he was speeded <laughs> up. <laughs> and I was pure like, no. Oh, does he go up in like pitch as well as when he goes fast? I don't know. You get the impression. Maybe he doesn't actually, but it, like, it sounds like he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, and... Uh, the bit where they figure out he's gone into the computer, someone says the line, he's gone binary. Oh, yeah. Which which feels a little bit like, you know, you know, like they would have like, because um, back then, like if if a new episode was coming out on like, you know, WB or whatever, um, which was like the network it was on, they would have had like, you know, in that week's magazine, they would have had like, you know, a, 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 
a, a page ad for that week's episode that was coming up mm-hmm. with like a little bit of like a trailer and I feel like it would have been like you know kind of like Buffy and a computer and it would have been like evil goes binary <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I've been a terrible person I'm a coward and I can't go on living like this and then yeah so they're chatting about the whole thing and they make the very good point um so I think it's Willow and Giles and Zan. No, it'll be, it'll, be, it'll be Buffy and uh, because Willow's like separate because they're worried about Willow. No, Willow's definitely there at this point. Oh no, maybe she's not. But they're having this argument about like the things that um, Moloch can do through the internet. Yeah. And yeah, so no, sorry, Willow's not there. So it's uh, Buffy, Xander and Giles. And they're like, yeah, he could like... Um, have they make the very good point that he would he has access to the internet to like setting off nuclear weapons and stuff rather than mm-hmm. focusing on Sunnydale. Um and then yeah there's that really nice bit where Buffy's like Oh nuclear weapons and then Giles is like, Oh he could destroy the world economy and then uh he's like, Yeah, okay, yours was best. <laughs> it's just like a really cute moment yeah. between the two of them. I really liked it. <laughs> and also, yeah, just like um weirdly Buffy's a little bit more radical than Giles here Giles very concerned yeah. about the, about the about the numbers very concerned mm, about all mm, the fake numbers mm. um what uh, would Giles's politics be how do you think Giles would have voted in the Brexit referendum oh no G- Giles would have voted to stay for sure yeah no absolutely um yeah I don't know it's because what would the politics be in a UK sense or what would they be in a US sense I think Giles would I think Giles would have um been a be I think he would have vibed with Corbyn honestly yeah yeah I think think I think yeah I think he would have vibed with Corbyn yeah yeah I do as well like I think maybe when he maybe when he was a bit younger he might not have because he's got more of a sense of like propriety and stuff but I would say Giles if he was alive today and living, you know, in Britain and, you know, just with things he's seen, he softened. And I'd say he, I'd say he likes an allotment, you know? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I think, I think he would have. Um... Yeah. Like if he likes smelly books, he probably would be quite into like smelly soil and. <laughs> yeah. I can I see, could see that. him getting, getting a bit hippie-ish in his older age. And not mm-hmm. that you need to be a hippie to vote for Corbyn. Like you just need to be. Like he definitely get, he becomes less of a fuddy-duddy. Like, as the series mm. goes on, you know. Stay away from Willow. It is none of your business. Should we talk about Willow's room? Let's talk about Willow's room. What, what have you got? So, Willow comes home and she goes to her bedroom and um, talks to the demon on her computer a little bit. So, Willow has in her bedroom <clears throat> a tiny little Casio keyboard. Uh-huh. Which we I've never seen her play before. No. But I no. like I love the idea that Willow sits at home like making up little tunes on her Casio keyboard. I could see her I could see her putting on, you know, those like that Casio drum beat. Mm. And then just like playing like with one hand, like a little melody yeah. alongside it, you know? And just had singing a little song about her yeah. feelings. I definitely yeah. can. <laughs> But but definitely with definitely with that Casio beat, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> um, she also has a little microscope, a golden egg, and a toy dinosaur arranged in kind of still still life formation near her computer. I did not I didn't notice any of this stuff. Um 
I noticed you got a couple of flags for the Sunnydale Razorbacks. And then I thought to oh, myself, yeah. is Willow that kind of, like, is she that into school spirit? I mean, she does turn up to the things. Yeah, and she, I think she's just genuinely, generally quite um, just, like, positive about everything. Like, I don't know if she yeah. would be, like, massively into school <clears throat> spirit, but I don't think she'd be massively against it either, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, I think if somebody gave her those, she would be like, oh, yeah, I'll put them up in my room. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do, I didn't actually pick up on enough details uh, in her, in her bedroom. Um, the, did you say the egg was golden? Yeah, like a golden egg. Mm. Maybe it's an Easter egg. When was this supposed to come out? <laughs> I don't know. Like, it looks like... Yeah, like, it just looks like a collection of ornaments that she has in her bedroom, but just, like, you know, science-themed mm. ornaments. So she gets the message from Malcolm about meeting, and it's very creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, then she... Is there, like, a knock on the door? She goes down to the door. Mm-hmm. And then... And then it's... And no, but... Have you... Like, how do you close the door, Sadie? How do I close the door? How do you close the door? Because... If I'm closing the door, I definitely close the door in front of me. You know, like I pull the door over while I'm looking at the door and then I turn around. Whereas Willow, she like opens the door and then she turns around 180 degrees and then starts to close the door behind her. Yeah, you know, with like right. her other hand. And again, I'm not saying it's her fault, but you know, that it felt like she had to close the door in the most unnatural way possible for the for the script to be able to like the and then he to work. then he comes behind her with the chloroform. The because why is she even closing the door? Because does she not think that it's her dad getting home? Well, there was nobody at the door. She opens and there's nobody there. So, um, so then she closes it. But she turns around the whole way before closing the door, and I don't know. Mm. It just it just didn't ring true for me, Sadie. This Little bit awkward. Inex- inexplicable moments inexplicable moments yeah that i don't think i have an explanation for that i think that's truly an inexplicable moment you should see the bones i've been casting so giles asks sexy miss <sighs> calendar to help him yes and then he finds out that she is a techno pagan a techno pagan no a techno pagan we um when uh me and, and Christine and Dan were in the uh the Buffy uh, pub quiz for um the Glasgow Zine Fair. That was that was the name of our, our team, the Techno Pagans. Techno Pagans. Have you ever put your religion down as Techno Pagan on a form or official document? I absolutely definitely have. Um yeah. so Techno Pagan, I did a little bit of research. Mm-hmm. And so obviously techno pagan is, is presented in this show as like pagans who use the internet and believe that there is divine in uh, technology, I guess, which mm-hmm. reminds me of this, like my favorite Bjork quote, which is she's talking about people like saying that uh, electronic music has no soul and she's like if mm. if you if there's no soul in it it's because no one put it there you know like it's you can have it yeah. with soul you know you're, you're listening to soulless electronic music whatever um love you bjork but hi bjork actually, if you're listening <clears throat> yeah we love you come on our podcast um <laughs> actually bjork's in donegal did i tell you this 
Yeah, she's doing a film. Yeah, yeah. I, I, they're they're filming some sort of Viking saga, uh, like about forty minutes from my house or something. So exciting. <laughs> Have Man. you thought about going over and stalking her? I I mean I would if it wasn't COVID. Um, yeah. Yeah, true. Maybe we should leave her alone. And I mean, her being in Donegal doesn't necessarily mean that she's going to listen to our podcast. But if she does meet your mum, tell your mum to tell Bjork the name of our podcast. I will make sure. I'll make sure if she comes in to get a bit of chowder, then my mum will uh, will fill her in. Um, so, uh, but that reminds me because, so then I was looking into like the origins of techno-paganism. So I thought that Buffy had, in, had invented the term techno-pagan. I would have assumed so, yeah. Right, but no, no, it already existed. But I could only find like really like, really like articles that were very, um, like articles from 1995 that were just like, oh, these people use the internet, but they're pagans and they talk to each other online. You know, it didn't give Mm. you a very clear sort of sense of what their like ontology was or anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, It was just... Yeah, I felt like more confused after reading it. Other, but then I was like looking at Reddit um, uh, things, and mm. someone, somebody's gave the history of techno paganism as such. They said originally techno paganism referred to people that found shamanic altered states through techno music. Oh. Then back in the early days of the internet, there was a certain open inverted commas witch closed inverted commas who lied about coming from an ancient Welsh Irish tradition that used standing stones as communication devices or some shit like that, but who lifted most of her tradition from Babylon 5 and Stargate. She hijacked the term techno-pagan and decided it was all about the stuff she was doing. Um, So then I was really obsessed with this idea that the first techno-pagans were just people that really liked techno music. Um, I found a GeoCities page, like from presumably like the early 90s that was still alive. And um, there's little bits that talk about like raving, like basically raving was very central to this this version of techno-paganism. It was like you rave and you like become one with the music and everybody else and blah, blah, blah. But on this website, there was the techno-pagans rave prayer. Wow. Would you like me to read you the techno pagan yes. prayer? Yes, I would, 100%. <clears throat> so it goes like this. Um, we thank the technology goddess for giving us the ability to rave. We desire that through the rave ritual, we can use technology to bring the people of the world together in peace by means of dance. We finally wish that the technology goddess will receive our ecstasy while raving as an offering and celebration of her omnipotence. Blessed be and rave on. Oh, I am going to, um, and I think you should too, we should yes. memorise that. And next time I have any opportunity where I can even remotely um, suggest that before we eat, we say grace. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use that. I was thinking like when we go for our first when we go for our per- first post covid dance uh we we're going to have to say this before entering the club and maybe like hand it out on pieces of paper to everyone we meet uh, when we're like out for a cigarette let us thank thank the god yeah that's lovely um we definitely need to memorize it 
Yeah, that technology goddess will receive our ecstasy thing is a very, it's a very like, oh no, I just mean our happiness. That's all I meant, you know? Um, <laughs> but but yeah, anyway, so that, that that's as far as I got with techno-paganism. Unfortunately, I was really busy this week and I didn't get to go deeper deeper into it, but... Um, I think there's time. Yeah. We, can, we yeah. can go deeper later. As long as we, like, we've got our prayer now, so, so that's yeah. fine. <laughs> techno-pagan is the term. <laughs> Um, Buffy and Xander go to CRD mm-hmm. and Fritz has Willow in a scary computer room and they've made Moloch into a robot. Oh, right. Okay. So, so when, when Willow is brought in and the, the, the computer says, I can't exactly remember exactly what the words he said. It was just like, hello, Willow. It's so nice to see you. Or something like this, but it says it in the exact same cadence as Smithers' computer when it says, <laughs> <laughs> "Hello, Smithers, you're really good at turning me on." <laughs> <laughs> With the naked Mister Burns, and the naked Mister Burns comes up in pixels the exact same way that Moloch comes up in pixels yeah. to Buffy when he's like. <laughs> Leave Willow alone. It's none of your business. And it's really not scary demon who's trying to have you killed energy. It's very mm. like, get out of my bedroom, mom. Kind of energy. <laughs> totally. Because so we find out, and I think it's quite sweet in a way, that um, we assumed that Moloch was just trying to like use Willow as his tool or something and like, manipulate her in some way but he actually does really fancy her but the, but but i and i mean i guess the thing is like we're not willow we haven't been being seduced by this guy for the mm. last you know week or however long it took them to make his robot costume mm-hmm. um but like her responses to him are so they're not like get away from me you crazy demon it's like you you never loved me. <laughs> like it's like she she like responds to him on this really insane uh relationship level rather than like, holy shit, you're a demon cyborg. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> it just is like, like it's all it's all over the shop. <laughs> yeah, I mean I suppose it is kind of like um it's it's there's definitely parallels with the way Buffy responds to Angel, um being like when she thinks that he's been trying to drink her mum's blood mm-hmm. and put her mum in hospital and she's just like, oh, but I still fancy him though. <clears throat> Welcome, my love. I can't tell you how good it is to see you. Hi. Um, and then any good, uh, any good technology factory has um, poisonous gas pipes installed, just of in case. Of course. <laughs> What, and what even you the red flashy lights are quite odd, aren't they? Yeah, but like, yeah, just like release the poison gas. That's a normal. That's a normal thing for any factory to have. Because they say, <laughs> do they not say like, oh, like the baddies have control of um, of this poison, this poison gas. But like, yeah, they they had those pipes installed for a reason. Yeah. Like, yeah. There was some context in which they wanted to release the poison gas. Yeah. Um, I also really enjoyed specifically about Moloch's robot costume um, the way it's got these like this moulded like imitation wire effects all over it mm-hmm. so it's not like 
it's not got any real wires it's just metal and then it's got like imitation wires that make it look more techy mm-hmm. um which i just thought was a really sweet choice and they just put a lot of detail into this uh mullet costume um yeah the the wee boys who've made it and i thought oh, the it horns was as well and, you know the horns you know they've made him look like himself they've made him feel like a robot it's just very cute but he's got they, a they lot they obviously really care has he's got a lot he's got a much better american accent than he ever had an italian accent mm, mm-hmm, definitely again um, interesting in terms of maybe we can talk about this in our uh linguistic exploration of buffy yeah because i mean text-to-speech wasn't that great in 1997 mm. you know mm. so um but it's definitely improved over the episode uh you know, he goes from being kind of very flat to being able to express like a very, very unsettling emotion uh, to suddenly being like a sassy American dude with mm. horns. Mm. Um, Good for him. Uh, Jenny and Giles uh, cast a circle. Forming their circle of Kalis. I just really love how goddamn efficient Miss Calendar is. She just like, she's so capable and sexy at the same yeah. time. And she's just like, boom, 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 I've got this. Don't worry, don't worry, Rupert. I'll look after you. Mm-hmm. She's great. Um, and then whenever the um the room starts, like there's like a little little there's a gust of wind in the room, and then I realise there's like an American flag like bouncing ar- around behind them. I don't know, it felt symbolic. Felt symbolic. <laughs> maybe because maybe because Jenny's like American and computers and it's like, you know, modern uh, mm, and computers are winning and yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's like all British and he just likes his hot tea and his good books. Mm. <laughs> uh, Willow with her with her sassy fire extinguisher attack. Oh, that's so good. So she, good. I really enjoyed that moment. She's like, and I then, think we should break up. We can still be friends. And then Buffy makes him punch a circuit box and he blows up. Yeah, uh, it explodes like it into explodes. pieces. Yeah, like, obliterated. Uh, and I really like the teamwork between, you've got, like, um, Giles and Jenny doing their thing, and then they've got, like, um, the young ones in the factory fighting the robot, and it's just really nice. Yeah, because it really looked, looked touch and go there. I thought, like, Willow's got her neck snapped, Xander and Buffy are going to get poison <laughs> gas to death, and, and then, you know, the circle comes through, it saves the day. But maybe we can still be friends! So they, they kill the robot, and it's great. They and kill then robot. comes... Actually, you know, we said that all the good stuff happens at the start of this episode, but I love what happens next. So Giles and Miss Calendar have another fight about technology again. So computer oh, it's versus a much, it's, books. It's a much more subdued fight this time. I feel like yeah, they've, yeah. They, they've reached a sort of a truce, and they, they yeah, recognise the humanity yeah. of each other, you know. But they're reiterating their little, like... I like computers and you like books. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> thing that they have going on, the little reprise. Maybe we and need then... to write that musical. <laughs> and then the my favourite inexplicable moment that we've had so far, I think, and maybe there is an explanation, and if there is, do I want to know? <laughs> so Giles says, I don't dangle a corkscrew from my ear. And Miss Calendar says... <laughs> That's not where I dangle it. <laughs> and this scene... But I don't make, understand either no! part of that. <laughs> but this scene really, like, 
recreates for me the experience of being a child and seeing like a scene that's obviously referencing sex, but you don't really understand how sex works. And I still don't understand it, if that's the case. (laughs) She's saying that she's dangling it from her vagina. Is that that the implication? And if so, what is the corkscrew? (laughs) He doesn't dangle a corkscrew from his ear. No, he doesn't. And I, I don't... Like, where else could she dangle it from? She means her vagina. Like, Like, that's like the only place. The way she says it, she's definitely saying that she dangles the corkscrew from her vagina. But But this comes up again and again. So there's like in in second series as well, um, there's like loads of moments where she just says something like inexplicably sexual, uh, you know, and and it's just it's just like. They they had this idea of who she was, but they didn't know how to how to actually make it in any way believable or, or make any sense, like any sense at all. Like, what kind of pickup line is that? I'd be like, uh, all right, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but this so like there must be something that we're not getting though, because like even before she says this inexplicably sexy thing. Why does Giles say, I don't dangle a corkscrew yeah. from my ear? Yeah, like, is that some sort of, like, classical Luddite thing? Like, did they used to dangle corkscrews from their ear? Literally no idea, and I know I could just research it and find out, but I don't want to. Yeah, like, just both parts of that make so little sense. Um, neither neither part of that makes sense to me. But you know, yeah, it just it's just exactly what it felt like watching TV that was too grown up for me. And like you know, like you know that there's something you're not getting and you know that it has something to do with sex. Uh, <laughs> but you assume that it's something that one day you'll understand and it turns out we, we never will no, understand that scene. No, because sometimes it just I mean, Osh, there might be stuff about sex that we don't know yet. I could only assume that there's something that people do with quirks. <laughs> Computers don't smell, Rupert. And yeah, uh, that's more or less it. You know, the, the the lads are all hanging out at the fountain, talking about how they'll um, never the have only, a normal relationship. The only fancy hell beasts. Yeah, which you know, none of them ever do have a really successful relationship. Spoiler alert. Well, um, not in not in Buffy, but like maybe later in life. Yeah, yeah, maybe. It closes um, on them at what, like age twenty three. A lot can happen after 23. We know this now. We thank the technology goddess for giving us the ability to rave. We desire that through the rave ritual, we can use technology to bring the people of the world together in peace. By means of dance. dance. The divine exists in cyberspace. We finally wish that the technology goddess will receive our ecstasy while raping as an offering and a celebration of her omnipotence. That's not where I dangle. Bless Effie and rape on and rape on.